from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. That's not right. That's not right. Um, I mean, it, this is The Joy of Booking, and I am DC Matthews. That part is right. But... That's not what this is. I've been teasing it for months. Ladies and jelly spoons, we're just about here. Um, This is season three of The Joy of Booking. And uh, because of that, it's got a new intro. And we'll play that intro in just a minute. This is the... the the prologue to the prologue. I don't know exactly what you would call that. So back in um, July, summer's off. I have lots of time. I decide I'm going to start working on on season three ahead of time. In the middle of season two, the tag team tournament, we just ended it. I just ended it today. Full disclosure, the Steiner brothers won um, about 12 hours ago. And now I'm, I'm, I'm recording this, and I'm excited because, you know, this is what I've been building for. So I record a bunch of episodes in the summer, bunches and bunches of them. I, and then I stop because school starts and things get busy. Uh, and so I haven't heard these episodes in a while. So I'm going to be jumping in from time to time. Modern day DC is going to be jumping in to comment on what past DC said. Uh almost now six months ago. So this is season three. And I want to mention a couple of things. This is going to be the prologue. This is just explaining how we got to season three. Um, but I want to explain a couple of things beforehand because I just listened to the audio, which I almost never do. My goodness, I'm good. Let's just say, let's start right there. Uh, I don't give myself enough credit. A um, couple things. In reference to what you're about to hear, I mentioned about five minutes in that we seem to be coming out of the pandemic. Well, today we found out our positivity rates at about 20%. So that was a little, um, a little presumptuous of me. Back in July, that's what it felt like, but uh, <laughs> not so much no. I think we're just going to accept that we're living with this and deal with it. Um, I assumed back in July that uh, Jeremy worked with pulsars and NASA or something. I also believe he sent the birds to keep an eye on me. I still believe that part, but I think I think I have a better idea of what Jeremy does uh, for a for profession now. Um, I'm going to talk about something. Let's just say what it is. I was gonna I was gonna wait and not name. No, you know what? No, no. Ah, I've ruined it all. I've ruined it all. I'm the second and triple and fourth guessing myself. Um, Forget it. The only other thing I need to say is that I no longer really use ProFight DB. That used to be my go-to. I'm fully on board with the cage match now. Um, I don't even think I needed to mention that either. I probably could have just done this. I I should have commented only on the pandemic part and left the rest of it alone. But 
rather than go back and change anything, you're just going to listen to me blather on and go, oh, oh, poor DC. He's he's tired. It's 6.42 at night. He's a sleepy boy. Uh, he's, he's getting ready for bed. So welcome to season three of the Corona Cup. We can still call it that because we're still in the middle of it. But this one's special. I'm very excited to present you uh, with this season. And there was only one way this season could start with our new and improved theme <laughs> I have a confession to make. It's hard to say this, but it needs to be said. And there's no time like the present to say it. So here goes. My name is DC Matthews, and I am a hoss. It's true. You might not believe it, but it's true. I've always been a hoss. My mom called me a bruiser when I was a kid, or at least she's described me as a bruiser. When I was an adult, she described me as a child as a bruiser, which... Uh, clearly affected me, because this is not the first time I've brought that up, I believe. Um, but yeah, I've always been a bigger person. Um, you can make the argument about bone structure, which clearly is true. I am big-boned, and I don't mean that in the, oh, let's not hurt the boy's feelings. I mean, my bones are huge. Uh, but I'm, I'm a bigger person. I wrestled in high school uh, my freshman year. I was at the 189-pound weight class, which is the third highest uh, they had in high school at that time. I don't know what it is now. And when I couldn't beat Dan to be the varsity wrestler at 189 pounds, uh, I got bumped up because the person at 215 pounds... Uh, who I have mentioned on this podcast before, or on a podcast before. Uh, his last name was Wellington, so his nickname was Beef. Um, when he couldn't make weight, he struggled to be 215 pounds. I was bumped up, and I wrestled at 215 pounds, despite the fact that I probably weighed about 190. Uh, that was freshman year. The rest of the time, I wrestled at 215 pounds, and my senior year struggled to make weight once or twice after a particular holiday party in which I gorged myself on uh, treats. So I've been over 200 pounds since high school, and I'm grateful that I never weighed myself at my heaviest, uh, but I know that I was well over 300 pounds at one point in time. 
Um, I have since gotten that under control. But I'm a hoss. I'm 5'7 or 5'8, to quote Ron White, depending on what convenience store I'm leaving. Um, But I'm a hoss. And thus, I have been fascinated throughout my wrestling watching tenure, which is coming up on 30 years at this point, uh, with the wrestlers who would also be considered hosses. Uh, guys that come to mind when I remember first watching wrestling who would be hosses. Obviously, like Giant Gonzalez, WrestleMania 9, first WrestleMania I watched live, Giant Gonzalez, seven foot seven, I think. Uh, the former El Gigante. Clearly, he is hossish. Uh, you know, The Undertaker, yes. Uh, but m- my fascination came with not the tall guys, but the wider guys. Vader, Bam Bam, Mantar, helped that he had the buffalo head. Uh, those guys, people who looked a little more like me and could be athletic and graceful. Bam Bam was doing, you know, rolls and cartwheels and things of that nature at some times. That has always fascinated me. So I have a 30-year fascination with the Hoss wrestler. And I'm not alone. Um, You check Twitter during any wrestling competition sort of thing, and you'll hear the terms Hoss fight or things of that nature. Um, So the idea of the Hoss is, is well known in wrestling. And so when I sat down in season one of the Corona Cup, a.k.a. the Tournament of Nerdiness, I should probably stop calling it the Corona Cup since we are hopefully, uh, well on our way out of that uh, area and time in our lives. Um, But I've always had the idea of doing a hoss tournament or a giant hoss fight, if you will, uh, as part of this. And so season three is all about the hoss. Now I have a confession to make again. I'm not done with season two yet. I don't even know if I'm halfway done with season two yet. But I have free time right now. And it makes sense for me to try to get as much of season three done so that when I don't have as much time, season three can just roll on out. All I have to do is put it in the hopper. So I'm recording season three, and I may very well finish season three of this tournament of nerdiness before I finish season two. Season two, I want it to be inclusive. I'm inviting hot tags. I've got my inner circle. I've got Glenn. I've got Jeremy. I've got Brandon Banks, who does our wonderful intro. They're helping me with the tournament, and I'm extremely grateful for them. But this one's personal. The Hoss fight, to me... Is, is a personal thing because of my history and because of my own hossness. Now that I think about it, there was a guy, when I was on the wrestling team, there was a former wrestler who came back and was kind of like an assistant coach. His nickname was Hoss. It's been meant to be for years. So I'm doing this thing on my own. Uh, I haven't even told my inner circle that I'm doing it. 
because in this case I am inviting no uh, participation. Except that yesterday I asked my inner circle in our little inner circle chat we have on the Twitter, uh, what makes a hoss a hoss? Because I had been spending, I've made probably four or five spreadsheets trying to get a list of hosses and this question has plagued me. What makes a hoss a hoss? Is it solely by the metrics? Do you have to be above a certain height and above a certain weight to qualify as a hoss? Because a hoss isn't seven feet tall. There are plenty of hoss-like wrestlers who are not super tall. There are plenty of hoss-like wrestlers who are not super heavyweights, at least in terms of over 400 pounds or over 350 pounds. So what, what is the metric? And we began to ch chat about it. Uh, and we were going with, you know, has to be over six feet tall, has to be over 250 pounds. Well, I can come up with examples, and I did, of people who meet that requirement who we would not consider to be hossish. So does it need to be a little higher than that? Does it need to be 6'3", 270? You know, I'm reminded because numbers tend to kind of stick in my head. Um, I remember that Razor Ramon was list listed at, I think it was something like 287 pounds. And he's 6'8", I want to say. I could be wrong on that, maybe 6'5". So, you know, we began to suggest, does there need to be a standard... Hoss, a standard metric. Um, Jeremy may have let slip that he does some sort of work with astronomy because he was talking about pulsars and standard candles. I don't even know what he was talking about. I think he works for the government. I think Jeremy sent the birds to watch me. I think that's what's going on. Or they're MI6 birds and they were sent by Glenn. Either way. Then we started talking about, well, what about the eyeball test? You look at a guy or you look at a name and you get a feeling in your gut. Uh, hoss or not hoss. So, for example, Taz. Taz is listed at about 5'9", 240. But you watch him move and you watch him wrestle and the way he was booked in ECW specifically... He is clearly, actually, I think, a hoss. Uh, just because of the way, he, you know, if you are almost as wide as you are tall, in that broad sense, not in a, you know, overweight sense, but in a broad, muscular sense, does that not qualify you as a hoss? So, with that information, with that discussion, which was wonderful and enlightening and I am always grateful to them and to Brandon Banks who was we full disclosure we were debating this on the 4th of July uh that's when you when you reach a certain level of wrestling nerddom now granted Glenn lives in the UK so Independence Day for America has a different meaning for him but when you reach a certain level of wrestling nerddom holidays do not matter there are more, you know, that conversation was more important than lighting off some fireworks. And granted, it was the middle of the afternoon. Um, so we had that conversation. 
And so what I decided to do was the thing I had been doing every time I also made. I went to cagematch.net, which is one of the two websites I go to frequently, the other being ProFightDB. Uh, but Cage Match, if you go to their list of wrestlers, it lists them by height and weight, which is great. And they have a list, and they list them by, like, the most popularly ranked. So they start, I think The Undertaker is the number one name. Maybe. Maybe it's Austin. I don't recall. But they go by the number of times they've been voted, and they're, you know, you can vote on wrestlers out of 10, and they calculate and aggregate that score, and then they rank them accordingly, which is awesome. Um, the issue is they're in metric, because it's a German website. So I had to come up on, on a spreadsheet. I had to make the calculations to figure out, okay, if they're listed at 200 centimeters tall, what does that mean in feet for the American who doesn't understand the metric system? Um, same thing with kilograms to pounds. So I had to make that, you know, conversion chart, essentially, and have that. And so I started going through the names. And again, starting with, you know, the most popular wrestlers as ranked by Cage Match. And as I'm doing that, and I'm going in order, not only am I looking at them going Haas, not Haas, you know, does the size qualify? Is John Cena a Haas? Maybe, kind of, sort of, maybe. Um, something occurred to me as I'm doing it. As I'm going through, I'm like, these top names are the names that most likely would be close to the top um, if I were to do a ranking. Because in case you're just joining us, season one of the Corona Cup 1,000-plus wrestlers, totally randomized. No ranking system whatsoever. Totally randomized in terms of um, the order in which the matchups happened. So some people, The Miz, got totally hosed because the randomization had them having matchups that they would not have had if it was ranked. Cut to season two, tag team tournament. I wanted to do more rankings, so I had top the number one seeds, I had the number two seeds, and I had the number 16 seeds, which was enough for me so far um, to have that tournament feel a little more, I don't want to use the word authentic, it's a made-up wrestling tournament, but it seemed a little more accurate in terms of which teams had a clearer path towards uh, the finals. So that's good. But I've always wanted to do more. And the trying to rank on my own, or even involving the inner circle, seemed like a Herculean task. But as I'm going through, I'm like, well, if I just made a list, 256 had been the number in my head the whole time. 256 is a perfect bracket number. Sad that I know that. Um, and I had done about 1,028 in the first season. I had done 512 in the second season. 256 would make perfect sense for the third season. So that was the number that I had figured. And I'm like, as I'm going through... Well, what if I just have the first 16 teams I, or the first 16 names I find, those are the number one seeds. Because with some exception, it's not a perfect system. It's never going to be a perfect system. And as soon as you recognize that and own that, you feel much better about all this. It's never going to be a perfect system. Um, 
And I like that because then it inspires debate because now, because I've already done some of this work, now that I know what the rankings are, when I tell you who was ranked what, that can inspire you to then provide some feedback, you know. If a name shows up and it's a number 10 seed and you think it's a number 3 seed, that person should have been one of the top 50 hosses and they're not nowhere close to that. You can write in, you can tweet about it, the conversation goes. It's a more interactive experience. So that's what I did. I made 256. And as we got down, as I got down towards those bottom names, the names started making sense as bottom names. You know, I don't think any of these wrestlers are necessarily bad, but compared to the 200 names that came before them, these are kind of bottom of the barrel hosses. And so when I got to 256, I'm sure I could have kept going. But the problem is 256 is a perfect bracket number. You can get from 256 to a winner. As soon as you add one more name, You've got to get to 512, and there was no way I was going to find 512 hosses. So let me preface this by saying this, there's a lot of disclaimers coming out in this prologue. Not every hoss is represented. Sally Graziano from ECW did not make the cut. Because, again, I'm not going to go do 512 names. That I would have been scrambling. I would have gotten to, I'm sure, 350, 375, and then I would have been done. And I'd have to try to figure out how to get to 512. Am I now including you know, multiple versions of the character? Again, you bring up um, Charles Wright. Am I including every version of Godfather, Goodfather, Papa Shango, Kama, Kama Mustafa? I could... But that's just it's it just means a longer process. And when we're talking about hosses, I don't know that we need to consider multiple versions of the same gimmick. I don't need to debate whether Mankind or Cactus Jack was a bigger hoss. Let's talk about the hossness that was Mick Foley. Cumulatively. So I have 256 names. Not every hoss is included. And again, if we get through and you realize somebody that you think should have been on there uh, isn't on there, that invites discussion, that invites emails, uh, that invites interaction. So I have 256 names. I then went through and I have 16 one seeds, 16 twos, 16 threes, 16 fours, all the way down to 16, 16 seeds. But I love the randomness. My favorite part of doing this show, not only just filling out the brackets, which just feels good chemically, um, is the randomness, is, is looking at these names and seeing what they are for the first time and having a legitimate reaction that I get to share with you, imagining the matchup and what the seeds are. Because I wasn't really paying attention to who was what seed. So I'll be as surprised as you are when we get to the matchups, which is, again, always my favorite part. So I have everybody seated. And then I went ahead on a Google Doc. I wrote out what the brackets would be because I have all these notebooks. I don't want to print brackets. That was a lot of paper, and it's easier to have it all in a notebook. So 
I have on a spreadsheet 1, 16, 9, 8, 4, 13, 12, 5, 2, 15, 10, 7, 3, 14, 11, 6, which are what the seeded matchups would be for a 16-team tournament. And yes, at this point, I know them by heart. Nerd cred. Uh, and so I, everything's blocked out. Everything is, you know, hidden. So what I'll be able to do when we get through this, we have 16 pages of 16 wrestlers. 16 times 16 is 256. Is I'll be able to uh, unblock one row at a time and be able to see the matchups for the very first time. I randomized everything. And we'll be able to see the matchups and, and have, hopefully, a wonderful, wonderful Haas fight tournament. Uh, now, the question then comes to me anyways well, how do I want to handle, you know, consolations and things? Because I'm at the point in the Haas tournament where I've realized that I don't think I've done it right. When I had the brackets printed, I was able to, I think, figure out how to get all the consolations squared away. Because, you know, you can go online and look for a 64-team bracket with consolations, and it'll give you that. But at no point are these brackets trying to figure out how to rank 1 to 16. At some point, somebody's eliminated. Usually it's a double elimination type thing. You would lose your second game or your second match, and you're out. And you are not talked about anymore. And if I wanted this to be easier, that's what I would do. But I don't want this to be easier. Um, so I did... Lots of I was doing weird math with like different equations in terms of, you know, trying to figure out how to get it all. And what I've decided to do, I have 16 groups of 16. I will take a 16 team each block. I will figure out one to 16 because I can do that. That's easy enough for me to figure out how to do. Um, so eventually when this is done, I'll have 16 winners, 16 second place, 16 third place, all the way down. And then I'll do it again. So the 16 people who win their first bracket will go into a second bracket. Whoever wins that bracket is the winner of the Haas tournament. I think that's a way to keep everybody engaged, everybody involved, and it will also be a way to rank it. It's probably not going to be fair. There are probably going to be some people who have tough matchups who shouldn't have tough matchups and should be ranked higher or lower. But again, that invites interaction and discussion. So I'm not going to be bothered by the, whether or not this is fair to everybody. So friends, that's where we're at. Um, I, you know, I was coming up with rules and things, you know, I, I will mention this. I probably should have mentioned it earlier, but I will mention uh, what I called the Ishii and Yano. I think I called it a corollary because I always call things corollaries. I don't know if that's actually the proper use of the word corollary. If you look at Ishii from New Japan, he is most definitely a hoss. He is wider than he is tall. Despite the fact that he is only, I think, 5'9", and maybe 250, 260, he is clearly a hoss. Just in terms of the size and the way he wrestles, he is a hoss. His occasional partner, Yano, who is taller and bigger and would meet the statistics of a hoss, 
wrestles like a goofball, and I love him to death for that. But because he wrestles like a goofball, I would say he's not a hoss. I understand he has legitimate wrestling skills. I understand he has wrestled before and maybe is hossish when he does that. But most of the time, he's out of the ring. He's taking the pads off. He's taping people up. That's not hossish. It's amazing, and I love it. But it's not hossish. So that's one of the things I had to go through. And I will also freely admit, since I'm doing disclaimers, 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 um, I skipped over many Japanese wrestlers who would qualify as a hoss, but I do not know enough about them to justify their placement in here. Um, You know, this is my tournament. It's going to reflect my biases, and my biases are I don't watch enough Japanese wrestling to be able to accurately talk about them. When I do a cruiserweight tournament, season four, maybe we'll get more of them in there because I'll maybe have more of a way to talk about them. But as of now, I have 256 names. I have 16 brackets of 16. I'm ready to do the Hoss fights. So should we do a sneak preview? Should we see what our first matchup is going to be? I think we should. I think I need to tease you. You know, I've, I've set the stage in this prologue, but I need to kind of whet your whistle and, and give you something to look forward to. So here we go. Let me open up this. Click, click, clickety click. Here's our first number one seed and our first number 16 seed. I'm going to unblock them and reveal their names so we know what the first matchup of the tournament will be when we get to our first episode. It will be number one seed is Hulk Hogan. And our number 16 seed, the current, at least when I'm recording this, MLW champion, Jacob Fatu. Okay. I have a confession to make. I did rig this match. Uh, Jacob Fatu is a number 16 seed. He's not been voted enough on cage match, but clearly he doesn't belong as a 16 seed. And so I looked at the number one seeds and went, all right, who do I want him to go up against? You know how I feel about Hulk Hogan. So that's the only one I planned. I promise you that. That is the only matchup I have planned. All the other ones, all other... What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, or eight times 15 is 40, 120. All of the other 127 matchups, I should have known that, uh, will be randomized. This is the one that I tweaked a bit. So when our hoss fight kicks off, uh, I'll have to decide who's going to win, Hulk Hogan or Jacob Fatu. It's hoss fight time, folks. Get Ready, wake the kitties, call the neighbors. This is going to be something you are not going to want to miss. Come with me to celebrate the joy of booking.